Hi there. I'm excited to be with you today. I've been thinking about just the day that we live in and all that that means. And my heart has been seeking God, asking Him, Lord, what do you, how do you want to pray about this? What do you have to say about that? Staying in touch with God in the midst of all the darkness that we have. And I was reminded of something. I, I go through all my notes. I've told my husband that if I go before he does, just to take all my papers and put them in a barrel and squirt a little gasoline on them and set them on fire because nobody's going to understand them but me. But I have tons of papers in my office at home. And I was looking through different files yesterday and I always come across notes and think, you know, I forgot, I forgot I knew that. And so it's, it's good to write things down because you forget what you know. And really when you learn something with God and walking with Him, there's going to come a time when, <clears throat> when you're going to need it again. You always need it again. And so I was reminded about, um, the day that we live in. It, Jesus said His return would be like in the days of Noah. And, uh, of course, Noah was the flood, built an ark for the salvation of his household. And the flood, this is what struck me, the flood and the darkness, uh, the judge, the flood was a picture of judgment. And uh, the, the, the same waters that drowned the wicked, everybody that didn't believe, uh, the same waters that drowned them, lifted Noah's ark to higher ground and saved him. So the very the very darkness that we're looking at today uh, can be the very thing that carries us into our future with the Lord and into the kingdom. Uh, I was reminded also of uh, Isaiah 60. It says in verses 1 through 5, I think, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So, uh for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you. So this is a great day, even with the darkness and even with all the corruption that's going on. That's when God shines the brightest. That's when our lights shine the brightest. The Gentiles shall come to that light and kings to the brightness of that rising. So we have to rise up to, to step into that. Actually, you know, the word arise and shine, the word arise in verse one there is the same, uh, comes, is the same word or not, maybe not the exact same word. The Hebrews and the Greek words, they, they connect. They're related to each other in different ways. And that a word for arise is related to the, when Jesus, when God told Moses, stand by me, there's a place by me, uh, as I pass by. There's a place by me, and that's that's what we're, what the word place and the word arise come from the same root word. So I'm saying that to get in that place where God put Moses as he was going to pass by, and that's all judgment is, is God just passes by, and those that are equipped to walk through it, uh, which we are when we're in Christ, those who are equipped to walk through it are are safe, but those who are not, because God is a consuming fire and sin burns up in the midst of it. So if we're attached to our sin, then we suffer the judgment of that. So he has a place for those who will believe him. And um, I trust that you will believe him. We will, And that's why it's so important to minister to our faith, to strengthen our hearts in the days ahead, because we are going to have to have a strong heart. Our pastor that I grew, uh, grew up with in the spirit-filled life used to say it takes a strong heart to walk with God. 
And it does. It takes a strong heart. And, you know, I, I have found that the Lord is always wanting to talk to us about things. He's, he's our partner in, in life. He's making this journey with us by his spirit. And so, uh, and when, when we, um, when we allow him to do that and we allow him to be who he is in our life, then other people see it. And it's a real testimony to the fact that Jesus Christ is still alive. I heard uh, somebody on the news the other day say something about if Jesus were alive today, I thought he is, sir. He's alive today. There are many infallible proofs that Jesus Christ is alive in earth today. And uh, so that's what we talk about here at, at RWV, Restoration Women's Virtues. And um, as we remember, the same floodwaters that drown everybody that didn't believe and didn't get in the ark and didn't build their ark, the same floodwaters that drowned them lifted the righteous man, lifted the one who did believe into a higher ground with God and a, a better place. So um, as we were, as I was thinking about today's recordings, uh, I, I like to think of teachings as the way I teach anyway. Some of them are five course meals and it takes me forever to get them all done. And then others, uh, sometimes I just have tidbits. I like, I like to call them hors d'oeuvres. I was telling the Jonathan, that we would have a cocktail party and just have a few hors d'oeuvres. So um, that one, that was an hors d'oeuvre, was the fact that the same water that drowned the wicked saved the righteous. So think about that in today's world. The same things that are happening, that all corruption is happening and it's being exposed. Uh, remember, we prayed for this. <laughs> we prayed for this. And sometimes when you pray for something and then you see it, it's just different when you see it lived out on in real time and when you when you pray for things don't forget that sometimes it causes an upchuck and all the garbage is coming out so um but we're going to have some tidbits today one of them was that about the um about the water the drowning of the ark another one is because we're going to eventually step into um praying in the last days we've been through praying for our households, and I just I, I just want to identify steps about praying in the last days. Uh, but before we do that, I wanted to share one more tidbit with you, one more hors d'oeuvre, and it has to do with um, well, actually, it has to do with praying in the last days because it has to do with um, you know you can't you can't just jump into well here here's the deal. Some people can get saved just hearing the gospel. They just hear the gospel. My, the lady that led me in the baptism of the Holy Spirit told me, she said, I was, I was just standing on a street corner, lost, lost as could be, waiting for someone to tell me about Jesus. She was easy picking. She was low, 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 low fruit. And, um, and, she, uh, and she was easy to get saved. But there are other people that are in deep bondage and they need deliverance. They need to be delivered from the demonic activity. They need to be delivered from bondage before they can even hear the gospel. And so um, in order to do that, our prayer, our prayer life is, um, it's got to be pure. Our, our life has got to be pure. We've got to be walking in the righteousness that God has given us as a free gift. He's given us that righteousness as a free gift when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. 
but um, we have to walk it out. And if you're not, don't don't go try to get into in-depth warfare, prayer, intercession. You know, a lot of people like warfare. I know uh, in in the past, sometimes when I'd open up my Bible studies, when I would when I would bless the Lord and praise Him and everything, it was it was quiet. As soon as I started taking authority over the devil, everybody's Amen, yes, yes, yes. It's almost like the devil stirs us up more than God does, but. Uh, we need to um, uh, be in a safe place. And I want to show you in the scriptures in Exodus chapter 35, it's, he's, when he's going to build the tabernacle, when he's going to build the tabernacle, he calls on people that know how to dwell in the secret place. Because the two people that he calls on are Betzel and Aholiab. And it's in Exodus chapter 35. Let me, let me pull that up here because I want to read to you some of the, um, I was over in Isaiah, Exodus chapter 35, where, where uh, God anoints two men. There's an anointing to do this. In fact, uh, I just heard a prophecy recently where the, the guy was prophesying that God is saying, I will anoint prayer groups. Uh, he wants to put a fresh anointing on prayer and anoint prayer groups to uh, to get these people that are they're trapped. They're in bondage. They're, um, it'd be like digging people out. There's a big rock slide and people are lost underneath the rock slide. You have to work hard and you have to have on some equipment in order to go into these dangerous places and pull people out. And so, uh, the two, the, uh, the two men that he called on were, um, well, let me see. It was in 25, uh, Exodus 35, 25. No, 21. Uh, they came, everyone, uh, Moses called people to the to bring an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold, silver, and brass. And then in verse 21 of Exodus 35, they came, everyone whose heart stirred him, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation for all his service and for the holy garments. Now, remember, the tabernacle is the dwelling place of God. It's where he's going to dwell among his people. We are now that tabernacle in our in our natural self. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing hearted and brought bracelets and earrings and all kinds of offerings of gold and silver. And all the women that were wise hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun. This is. And you have to take this out of the natural realm and translate it into how does that, how do I interpret that for me today by the spirit? Because I'm not going to go to a spinning wheel and spin yarn and all of that. But do you know when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost and speaking the word of, of God over a situation, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm spinning the yarn. I'm spinning and, and the, the fine linen and scarlet threads. Do you know when they built the tabernacle, they took gold and spun it till it was so thin they made thread out of the gold? Man. And that's all a picture of our prayer life, praying in the Holy Ghost and delivering, getting people delivered and healed. And it's just amazing. So um, 
the children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work, which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Betziel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. So he called out a man, and then he put it in Betziel's heart that he may teach both he and Aholiab, the son of Ahitzimach, of the tribe of Dan. Them hath he filled with the wisdom of heart, and to work all manner of work of the engraver. So this is craftsmanship going on here, and of the cunning workman, and of the embroiderer in blue and in purple and scarlet and fine linen and thread and weaver, even of them that do work, do any work, and of those that devise cunning works. Well, you know, if you fast forward to the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 2, it says we are his workmanship in Christ, created unto good works that we should walk in them. So we are, uh, there's craftsmanship in the kingdom is what I'm trying to tell you. And our prayer life can become that, that craftsmanship. Our prayer life and um, just learning to walk by the Spirit and, and uh, be, uh, you know, to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, to develop the fruit of the Spirit and, and the gifts of the Spirit. Years ago, I was sitting in, in church and it was the offertory. And I don't, I think the guy was playing a saxophone or something. I don't remember the song. I don't, I don't remember what the instrument was. I just know I got lost in the spirit listening to it. So there was an anointing on it because it took me into the spirit with him. And in the spirit, I was doing this wonderful ballet. I was just, just, you know, when I put my leg out, it just stayed there. It didn't shake or anything like that. It was just, I was so graceful and I was doing such a wonderful job. It was a beautiful ballet and it was me and I was about, I was doing, doing it as an offering to the Lord. And then all of a sudden I came to myself and I realized I can't do that. I can't do that. And I, it made me cry. I started crying and said, Lord, I am so sorry, but I can't do that. I was just really worshiping God with this great ballet and then realized you can't do that. And so And you know what he said to me? He said, when you walk by my spirit, when you give yourself to walking in my spirit and developing my spirit in your life, that is a craftsmanship. That is a great ballet in my eyes. That is is your ballet to me. I see it as same as you were watching that ballet. That's how I see. So when we develop the craftsmanship of being led by the Spirit, the craftsmanship of operating in all the gifts of the Spirit. Because it says, you know, what is it? The gifts of the Spirit. um, I see the fruit of the Spirit is against which there is no law, right? But the gifts of the Spirit you may profit with. So So what happens is you're praying for somebody in your family or you're praying for your husband or your wife or your children caught up in drugs. Uh, you praying for them and God will give you insight by the spirit when you learn to hear from the Holy Ghost. That's something I want us to talk about sometime is developing our relationship with the Holy Spirit. But when you learn, when we learn to hear from the Holy Spirit and then we learn to hear and obey, um, that's when freedom comes. You'll know the truth and the truth will make you free and you'll know how to 
address issues. You'll know how to put the axe to the root of the tree, and that's what Jesus came to help us learn how to do. But this all started by saying, um, in the in the last days, in the days of darkness and deep darkness on the earth, he said to his disciples right before he went to the cross, pray that you enter not into temptation. Now, he wasn't telling us to, to just ask me that you don't enter into temptation. He was saying, when you pray, you won't enter into temptation. So when we're praying, that is the best, the safest place to be. It's our safe place, uh, praying, because we, we go into that secret place of the Most High in Psalm 91, and we get information, and then we come out and we uh, we pray it out. We ask God for it, and we declare and decree it to be done. And the angels go to work and uh, and help us. I, I was reminded just in telling you this, years back we had a prayer group at our house in them. Um, my neighbor's son, it was back in the day of the um, the spiked hair. His hair was spiked up this high. What did you call that? What did they call that? Uh, punk. It was a punk look. And he had that punk look. And he and he wrote, he uh, skateboarded on the street all the time. And you'd come down the street. His hair spiked up this high all over. He looked like a porcupine. And uh, he was a sweet young man. But he was just off into all of that. And I, we got the word that he had run away from home. I don't know if he was on drugs or not at the time, actually. But he may have been playing with them a little bit. But uh, he had run away from home, and they couldn't find him anywhere. And so our prayer group prayed. And I remember uh, we took authority over the devil, and we spoke to him by the Spirit, the, the young man. Michael was his name. Michael, you are to come home now. And we sent the angels to go out and bring him in. And he was home the next day. So we have access to tools and equipment to work the kingdom's work. And it's really so exciting. And so um, stick with me and uh, come back next week. We usually do this every week. And so um, we'll set some people free. Okay? Bye. Bye.